I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We, we, we were talking about the weather and, and just while you were done I had just gone on and done a quick conversion because uh, of course we're Celsius uh, it's 14 degrees which is a fairly decent day in Ireland I'm not going to lie to you yeah, that's a good uh, day it's, 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 it's the um, you know like look when we get 115 degree days here in the valley uh, 58 degrees is you know less than half mm. you know so so it's uh it's it's well maybe it's half it's literally just half so uh, it's it's when you can see your breath uh, in in LA that's a thing. Yeah, I mean when I came thing. to LA, I was expecting sunny, sunny LA, and uh, it rained and was cold the whole time. So Let's see what happens. See what happens. And, and when I came to LA, I went out to the Vasquez Rocks, didn't wear sun cream, and was an idiot. Mm-hmm. You look like a tomato. Uh, and this is the top notch content that your viewers we're hoping for this is this this is literally i'm glad you got the brief you know this is exactly <laughs> what we were looking for uh, but, uh well like obviously because we're just gonna have a chat and see how you are and see like and kind of i suppose we're going to talk about everything and everything um and we've a bunch of questions about 12 monkeys about star trek and all but now that kind of we're we're nearly a year on from Picard, which is insane but we're nearly yeah. a year on and yeah. yet it looks like you haven't slept in a year. Like, is it you've been so busy with everything? How has 2023, I suppose, into 2024 been for you? Uh, well, 2023 was, it was very busy. Obviously, it was, um, it was a lot more talking about acting than actually acting um, because of the various strikes that were, that were occurring. So uh, that afforded me a really lovely window to go uh, out and do the convention circuit. Um and I, you know, I, I hit it hard uh, with both feet. Uh, I think I ended up doing like 16 conventions last year, oh. um, taking me, you know, to the lower hemisphere at one point. It, uh, 
It was it was it was great. And there were there were days where I had to check what airport I was in because it all became a bit of a blur, you know. And then it's it is a it is a management of one's um, spoons, as they say. You know, they're they're by the time I I, I kind of stumbled across the finish line of 2023, uh, I was exhausted. I was exhausted physically, just uh, bereft of uh, any uh, hitch in my get along. All that being said, an embarrassment of riches. Like it was, it was so wonderful and people were so kind. And uh, even when we couldn't, you know, talk about it, uh, we still managed to, you know, as we say, especially on the cruise, it's like, the convention is yours. We're just the entertainment. Uh, we managed to still say, uh, still entertain, right? Like we managed to still um, find things to talk about and find things to engage with and uh, discuss uh, uncommon topics about our life and careers that as opposed to what was it like working with Patrick, which is, you know, is the shortest answer in the world. It was great. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, the questions were off off center uh, and in a great way so that it it, it pushed us into uh, instead of singing the greatest hits, which is often what we end up doing from con to con to con, uh, where we tell a lot of the same stories. Um, it, it, it opened up uh, areas of conversation uh, that were and uh, it gave us an opportunity to talk about labor issues and unions and the importance of valuing artists and story and and a lot of other things. So from that standpoint, it was grand, but it was busy. It was very busy. And then I also, you know, do other things in, in the middle of all of that uh, touring uh, the country and our world. So you've been very, very busy. Windy the answer to a simple question. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. Um, but actually, um, I feel like probably a lot of the things you've been asked about in the last year is Star Trek. But as people might know, there's another show that you did that, and... I mean, myself and uh, by my persuasion, Sean, are, um, absolutely love. But monkeys. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it... But what I find really interesting is actually if you compare your character in Star Trek and your character in 12 Monkeys, there's actually a lot of similarities between the characters. You know, they kind of start off as characters that you love to hate, but by the end, you just love them. <laughs> that that seems to be um, a uh, a wheelhouse that I have uh, I have. <laughs> I have been um, thrust into, and primarily uh, Terry. Terry is the, obviously the motivating uh, creative force behind both of those characters' arcs. Um, it is something that I think speaks to my skill set as an actor: uh, is trying to thread the needle of uh, douchebag, <laughs> and also uh, I can't. I mean, I, my job is to is to make a character compelling. My job is to make a character. Uh, interesting and you want to understand and know their story. So, so, and I've said this, uh, often when I find a character who is dark, I try to find the funny. When I kind a character is funny, I try to find the darkness and between both, uh, between both Deacon and Shaw, there was a lot of darkness. So if you find the funny, it, it kind of keeps people going, it keeps people from immediately dismissing you. Uh, cause they go, well, there's something else to see here. There's something else about this guy 
that uh, that we're seeing as opposed to just writing them off as a villain. And by the way, Shaw was right. The geezers were trying to steal his shit. So uh, without all the information and look, they were told not to give me the information. So Beverly said, you know, don't trust Starfleet. So they weren't trusting me and that's so fine. But when, when it comes down to it, when people show up on your ship and say, Hey, we want it uh, without any direct orders, my job, especially to those cowboys is to say no. Um, and with Deacon, he was, introduced as a straight up antagonist. And I think what we discovered along the way and and the testament to the writers and the directors that gave me the space to do my chicanery, um, I think they saw more to do with this guy. He was never intended, uh, or to my knowledge, he was never intended to be more than a season one villain and possibly a season two uh, villain. Uh, But then Terry sat me down. Uh, We sat down. uh, I was eating breakfast at the, at this place in Toronto filming. uh, It was like December of 2015. And we were filming the final episodes of season one and Terry sits down and, and he goes, I got so many ideas for Deacon for season two. And I was like, well, it's it's pilot season, my friend. So I don't I mean, my job is to get a steady job and I don't know if I'll be available. And, and Terry Metellus picked up his phone, texted casting right there at the table and said, make Todd a series regular, make him an offer as a series regular. And. That happened at the, this, this doesn't happen in the same way that a guy calling you up and saying, I'm giving you the role of a Starfleet captain. That doesn't happen. It's a testament to Terry and his, his um, belief in people's uh, skills and what they have to offer. Uh, and then he's like, I see, he's like, I see Deacon as a sociopathic Han Solo. In order for this show to have legs, it can't just be the, the the Cassie Cole show, it has to be an ensemble. We need uh, bigger stories to follow to flesh out this this crew. Uh, and so this uh, this idea of throwing and obviously obviously uh, Ramsey was also sort of the rogue type, but he wasn't a loose cannon. I mean, ultimately was. Uh, but not in the same way that Deacon was, where you go, we're going to take the villain and put the villain on the team and the spike, if you will, of Buffy uh, uh, and then see what happens. And, uh, you know, and it it all worked out to, to what I believe is great effect. Uh, and it also gave me the opportunity to play one of the most profound arcs in sci-fi television, I think, going from from literally cutting into Cole's chest to uh, spoiler alert, losing my head, like uh, in, in, in sacrifice of like, like, like that is an arc, like, and, and, and an unbelievable one. And then the relationship with Jennifer that Deacon developed this sort of older brother, younger sister relationship that they developed. A lot of people want to push it into like uh, Decafer, but but I was like, that was never like, it was was never, he was very, 
uh, fraternal with her. Mm-hmm. I got it was a real massively kind of, platonic. Yeah, it really yeah, was. I got a real kind of almost protector, even though she was protecting so much. But it was that. No, but kind he of, felt protective of her because he saw her as the object of persecution, mm-hmm. and so uh, Deacon, uh, who was bullied. Uh, turned him into one, um, but also kind of abhors them. And so he, uh, for a man who was written off as a sociopath, often to see people writing Jennifer off as not uh, not a com- not completely in control of her faculties, he felt uh, kinship, mm-hmm. uh, fellow outsiders. Mm-hmm. And you, and you also mentioned as well about you know just how. The, the whole story arc as it was, and it's such a complex story from series one to series four. And I really need to ask Terry this question from a writing perspective as well, but from an acting perspective, do you have any idea what's going on or do you just trust the writers that they know no, what they're I doing mean, and you just well, go with also, the flow? We also got to see, you know, we would know months ahead of what is i mean i hope you're putting spoiler alert at the top of this uh thing because i mean if we're going to talk about 12 monkeys there's a lot of things that get spoiled Mm. but i knew ahead of time uh so much of what was coming the only time it gets confusing is when you shoot out a sequence and you're trying to track where we are in the story especially when where you are is also when you are uh and what version of you is this moment so it, it, there is, you know, there is Jones board in, in one's head as you're trying to as you're trying to uh, sort it out. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that I think uh, deserves a wider audience than it got. It's getting one. It's starting to years after it's done. It's starting to catch on, I think, in many ways because of Picard. Uh, but it really it's. And I don't say this because I was on it. I say it as, as, I mean, look where I live. I say this as a bona fide uh, fan. Um, it's, it's some of the best science fiction television ever made, um, hands down. I mean, it treats time in a way that has never been treated in time travel stories. Uh, the characters are compelling. It's funny. It's scary. It's harrowing. It's romantic. It's all the things, all the pop culture references. I'm not going to disagree with you there. I'm, I, was, I was slightly later to it. The Ellie... Uh, when I say she dragged me to it, I, I, I wasn't offering resistance. It was just like, come on, you've got to watch this. You've got to watch this. So it was great. Stuck on the first few episodes. And yeah, pretty much it, it's one of those shows as well that pretty much from the jump, it's like, oh, no, I'm I'm in. This is a good pilot. You know, this is a good story. Uh, I really hope that bastard Deacon, uh, get, I have to get rid of him. He's evil. <laughs> you know, like, we have to get some likable guy. But that as well, I mean, for you as an actor, that's got to be, I mean, you, you talked about this challenge as well. Like, I mean, Deacon's a bastard in season one. No, he's, he's, he's a sociopath. I mean, he, he delights in his, in his cruelty. So I can, I can imagine you're sitting there eating your breakfast being like, you know, okay, maybe episode one, they're going to lop off my head. That's grand. And then you hear you're going to be a recurring character and you're like, how can I get more? Well, <laughs> well no, no. Uh, I mean, I knew, I knew it was a multiple character arc in season one. Cause that's when you sign the deal, they go, mm-hmm. you're going to be in, and he's technically in four, but really only two. Cause I'm just the tag of two episodes. Um, but going into season two, I knew he was not going to be evil. I knew he was going to have, he was going to hit rock bottom and then have to rebuild. Uh, and he hits rock bottom like a few times. 
uh, in the series. I think his his willingness to do things that other people weren't in these like when literally an existential crisis, <laughs> like he's like, sometimes you need somebody to do the stuff that you're not willing to do because of what's at stake. Oh, he stopped being evil. Yeah, he just started being he started sort of using his his ruthlessness for good. There's a it, 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 there's something in the performance, and I think it might be towards if it's not the end of season three. I think we're, it's late in the game, and it looks like effectively Deacon's been left behind and forgotten by by our band of heroes. And I remember this is the change we've gone from hating this guy to being like, you can't leave him behind. You can't leave. He's worked so hard for this redemption, and it's just this look on your face or something in the screen, and, you're, and he's, he's just like. Okay, that's how it is then. Okay. So oh. the lost child, yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean the man the man has been abandoned and abandoned and abandoned. Like it's uh and yet, you know, the sort of the soul of his brother lives inside of him, you know, the words of his brother live inside of him. And that was something that we evolved to was I, I needed a reason to pull Cole under my wing more. And the more we discussed uh, with Terry, I said, it's, I think let's give Deacon the backstory of his brother. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this. And Terry, I mean, this was also Terry's doing as well, but let's lean into this. And there was a line that I improvised that we really leaned even into. I think Cole looked like his brother in my brain. And then we leaned into it. And I thought, I think in the scene, the, the first time the don't you forget about me, drunk, naked scene. Uh, uh, and I went, I was a junk in sock folks, junk in sock. Lucky, lucky Aaron Stanford. Um, uh, as I, as I was full commando, um, they give you a sock. It's, it's a sock. This is the, the red hot chili peppers. They, they put it up on screen. That's what it <laughs> mean. Like, yeah. So when you saw my tushy on screen, uh, Aaron was getting a completely different view. Um, but uh, the point of the story is, <laughs> I love, um, I was, sorry, sorry, just I just have this. You know those like those um, the thongs you can get. That's actually it's like an elephant or something at the front door, a banana. I just have this image that that's what you're wearing. I'm like, go on, Aaron. I dare you to do this with a straight face. No, it's no, none of this no. on Star Trek. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, so, uh, so, and so uh, several things that we changed, I'll, I'll get to the point of the story, but several things that we changed, um, the birth of Don't You Forget About Me came from Terry going, so we got the scene where Deacon's at his bottom and he's, and he's cleaning his gun naked in the armory uh, and he's hammered. And I said, uh, I said, what instead of cleaning his gun, he's sharpening his knife because if you're sharpening your knife near your junk, you're obviously at a low point. And then, um, and then, and it's also how we met him is we, we, first time we see him, he's sharpening his knife. And there's also a wink at that in, uh, in, in Prickhard too, when we first see uh, we first see Shaw, he's he's cutting uh, his food. He's got a knife. And then later we cut back to him and he's sharpening a knife in his quarters, uh, just trying to get his game back. Um, so I said, what if he's sharpening his knife instead of cleaning a gun? And Terry's like, I like that. And I go, and what if he's singing? Like, he's just so hammered and like, so like, just all the screws are, are off. Uh, and he's just singing. He's like, yeah, what would he be singing? And then Terry goes, you know, we what Universal owns uh, is uh, is don't you forget about me? And we're like, 
Yeah, that that tracks because his Deacon's father would have been a Gen Xer and would have come up through that thing and would have known that song. Uh, and then the idea of, you know, extrapolating forward that he's not on the word of the witness and that he's not blah, blah, blah. And this, this erasing from time and all of this, like the idea of not forgetting something. Like it just, it just, sort of, and then of this breakfast club, Deacon's the bender. Um, and then we worked that into like, it, it sort of all grew out from there, which I thought was really cool. And now, you know, I can't go anywhere with 12 Monkeys fans without that song following me. And it's, and it, you know, I have people sending me videos of them sitting in their car uh, and it's on the radio. And they're like thinking about Deacon and it makes my heart pop. Um, How part of the story. A video of anyone sharpening a knife to that song? No, no. I, 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 I have gotten some untowards, untoward pictures that I had to block, but uh here we are, you know, the, the fact that I'm in a, a situation where someone feels the need to send me those pictures. Uh, uh, please don't. I did apologize for that. Right. Just, uh, just yeah. Okay. Cool. Just, well, just, just, just to make that. sure. Let's yeah. extend that to all three of us. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Um, um, so there was a moment that I improvised where, where Cole is trying to inspire me back into the team. And I go, Jesus, you even sound like him. Uh, and then he goes, who? And I go, my bro- my baby brother. Uh, and so we put that in there just to reinforce why he has this kinship with Cole is, uh, is, is he, 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 he immediately connected to him because of, of his lost brother. And then the whole story about, then that grew into the story about the foreman, uh, you know, and, and, uh, the fact that the foreman killed his brother and this was my brother's knife and all of this. So like it, it all started to fall into place. So then when we get to the end and you get a glimpse of his brother, I was like, we should have a Jeff Scoville who is Aaron's stunt double play Deacon's brother because they already look alike. They're already around the same height. They have the same hair. They have the same beard. There's a similarity to them so that when you pan over and you see Deacon's brother getting into a fist fight in the bar, you're like, that's uh and, and so it was. And so Jeff, Jeff is one of the brothers Deacon and Jeff played Aaron's stunt double. Like obviously the way you're talking about it and, you know, obviously Picard as well. Like Picard season three is 12 Monkeys 2. Or I kind of feel so that in terms of like so much of the, uh, you know, this this camaraderie, which obviously built up on 12 Monkeys, yeah. moved over onto Trek. Um, uh, this is something, you know, I, I spoke to Terry about this as well. I was kind of like, did, did you know when you set out to make Picard, was it just like, all right, how much can we actually get away with here when it comes to Monkeys? Because it's great. It's like there's so many Easter eggs. It's brilliant. It hurts no one. It's fun for the people that get it. Um, it's, it's. You got to name a planet something. Um, <laughs> so why not Metallus Prime? Why not? My, my, I think my favorite, uh, there's a couple favorites. When, 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 <laughs> what does Kirk say as the Vulcan? He goes, he was my brother in the, in the District 7 or the West 7. We were scavengers <laughs> like that. The fact that Aaron is, uh, is the Ferengi. Um, uh, and then... Oh, and when he says the Crimson Arboretum. 
like <laughs> like, like there, 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 there was a mo- there was a moment where I was watching it and it was just like okay do we actually have to check rights at this point like okay like <laughs> well, I mean it, 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 like I said it, it, they're they're harmless um, and they're they're super fun uh for those that and then what was fun is it is it is it kind of made people go there's what and what wait i should go back and watch that picard or that 12 monkeys and then rewatch picard so it it's creating a really lovely crossover and here's another thing that you may or may not have noticed or discussed 12 monkeys is star trek jones is the captain the time machine is the is the bridge the sure. room and we are the crew. And instead of away missions to planets, it's away missions to time periods. If that is and not a reason for people who haven't seen it to watch it, I don't know what is. <laughs> it, I mean, but it really, if you watch it, it is structurally uh, Star Trek. And Terry knew that. Like, Terry comes from Star Trek. Like, this is his thing. And, and so when doing this, he loves that structure that, like, the head honcho, uh, science fiction calls us all together in the red. There's a ready room. Like yep. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a Trek show. Um, uh, so that's another fun, uh, not an Easter egg, but it, it, it's like you see Terry's love of Trek bleed over and then his love of 12 monkeys then bleed back. It's one of those things, something that we've discussed on the channel as well is that, and Possibly because you have all been so open and so communicative with fans, with, you know, people like us trying to reach out and get details is that I, 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 we were struggling to think of a series of television where we've seen so much of your own nerdisms going into it. And, and yet it doesn't in any way, not that it would, but it doesn't detract from the whole. It, it doesn't it doesn't distract you know, to be like, ah, that's a 12 monkeys reference. Like, no, that's cool. That's great. Just seven one. That was brilliant. I was like, ah, we, we were brothers. Like, we were brothers. Yeah. <laughs> he was my brother. Um, we used to take turns because sometimes, uh, you know, if Kirk wasn't able to make a table read, we would all take turns uh, at 12 monkeys. Uh, someone would read Kirk's lines uh, and try to do their best Kirk. Listen, brother. Uh, um, and uh, my favorite was, was uh, Barbara, because she would do it with her German accent, and it was very good. Uh, and we were all just peeing our pants. I think there might actually be video of that somewhere. I think Terry actually pulled out his camera and started videotaping, uh, and I think it's been posted of Barbara doing her best Kirk. Um, there, there, you know, you're speaking of nerdinisms and pop culture references. There's another one that that they that Terry let me improvise. Uh, Allison showed up to the set. Uh, it, it was the '80s episode, and with her gorgeous short haircut, uh, I improvised. Holy shit, it's Gozer, uh, and uh, and he's like, "Yes, we're using that. <laughs> we're using that." Because again, the kid that grew up with a Gen X dad was fed a steady diet of '80s culture. Uh, is part of who Deacon grew up to be. So he's got all of these '80s references. In his, I mean, as much as his dad brutalized him, uh, he also, you know, it, that's the push and pull of of, of complex trauma, right? That was, that 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 is gas. I, I look, that '80s episode is just gas. Just the, the style. <laughs> now there's a little Pulp Fiction reference in there uh, when I stand up on the on the chair with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I love is this is a Trek channel, and so far we've just spoken about Twelve Monkeys, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe right, you need to start Monkey's Culture as a podcast. I'm down. You, you, you see, like, you joke, but... <laughs> you know, I mean, no, I, I, well, look, we, you know, Terry and I have talked about doing a podcast rewatch of it uh, or uh, or some such. But uh, it is one of those shows that I really want so many people to see because it just it's just so good. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Was this the first project that you'd worked on with Terry? Yeah, well, technically no, because I did episode of Enterprise. Uh, but uh, and he he said he was uh, he was in the writer's not he was like writer's assistant on that. Um, so technically no, uh, but I, we I don't remember him us meeting. I mean, I met met him uh, at the audition. I think as well because I mean to say he is obviously hit it off. You know what I mean? Like, because you can you can see in the material as much as anything else, like that's a good working relationship. Obviously, he's our friends, but you guys can work together really well. Yeah, we we uh, we don't uh, fight over stuff. We throw it all against a wall like and then we realize that it's all going to be in the edit anyway. Um, and so it's like, try this, try that. But boom, boom, I got some ideas. And then he'll literally go to me. He's like, you got a pitch. We, we need a thing here. Do you have a pitch for this line? I think, I think uh, a line I pitched was crazy's making sense. Um, uh, in, in season two, when we're storming Titan, like crazy's making sense here. Um, <laughs> like he's like, I need, I need something here. So he's constantly, cause he knows I'm a writer as well. And so he, you know, and we've, you know, developed stuff together, whether it's gone, we've pitched stuff together, whether if it's, whether it went anywhere or not, uh, you know, we, we are constantly talking about ideas that we want to create together. And when we are actually on set together, um, we have a great communication and there's a, there's just a ton of mutual ex of respect, 
uh, between us, uh, and we speak we speak the same language. Like we shorthand. He's like he's like Venkman this moment, and I know exactly what he means. Or he'll he'll go. This is uh, this is uh, this is indie. Uh, so I think there's a moment where she's got all the things on the. Jennifer's got all the things on the on the ground, and I think Terry the tortoise is there, which was named Terry before <laughs> the show, uh, in the same way that the Titan was the Titan before Picard before Terry got a hold of Picard. Uh, um, but people are like, "Oh, I get it." I'm like, "No, it's just a coincidence." Um, but there's like there's a moment where I'm kind of uh, you know Indiana Jones sort of how he'll mutter and mumble and kind of be dismissive of things. Like he's like he's like this is just sort of a Harrison Ford moment. I'm like I got it. So he knows how to shape and guide things because we we come from the same nerdy lexicon. <laughs> so what's the role of Sean written Shaw written for you? Yeah, uh, humblingly, yeah. He uh, he called me up, and I've told this story many times. But he called me up and said, uh, "You know, we uh, we have a part for you as a Starfleet captain." And my joke is that I can't wait to get to see who plays it because it never works out that way. Like once studios and networks and get involved, they have deals with people, and it's going to go to somebody else. He's like, "No, no, I sit tight." Because uh, I guess he'd been calling the character Captain Stashwick in the writer's room uh, as they were developing it. So he knew the flavor of this guy that he was going to have be the fly in the ointment of of these legacy characters before I was, you know, fitted for my uniform. Now, I like Robert. I presume for Picard, you probably get the guts of the series in one go because it's obviously shorter. It's one season you know, it's kind of a self-contained story. So did you even need to ask the questions like, do I make it to the last episode or are you just going to kill me? I mean, I think he kept me, he kept me in suspense. <laughs> uh, and in many ways, that's a good thing for an actor because you don't want, because like the char- characters never know when they're going to die. Mm. Uh, and so as an actor, I need to be present for each episode uh, without ever subconsciously setting up your own demise. You know what I mean? Like, like it was never, I mean, I think once we came time to getting closer to the shooting, it, it became clear that that was the, that was where this was going. I think the Schrodinger's cat for it, for me as an actor was probably the best approach. Cause I think I got that in, in Charles last moment, I got a kind of a surprise and a bit of a pissed off. Uh, like, you know, I, I was nearly on the shuttle. You know, like, like what? Shoot seven. I mean, don't know. We like her, but you know. <laughs> uh, I, I will look. I, I, you know, a lot of people. A lot of people have kindly said they shouldn't have killed you. They shouldn't have killed you. I'm like, well, that's well. That was a sign of good writing, and 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 and, and I'm grateful that my work resonated with you. That you thought this character should should have gotten on the shuttle. Um, but but the poetry, the 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 karmic poetry of of a man who didn't understand why me why do I get to live uh, when other people died at the hands of the Borg um, he got to pay that debt we got to understand why him because you know defeating the Borg once and for all his sacrifice uh, you know being the shield that allowed them to get on the shuttle. Uh, and the show is called Picard. It's not called Shaw. So they got to get on the shuttle. Um, I think that karmic circle, the, 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 the rhymingness of, of that, it, it was a complete circuit then. And it, it, it's kind of beautiful. So I get it as much as 
it would have been great to have Shaw step onto the bridge of the Enterprise D. Although I don't think he would have wanted to. I get thematically. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he, he would have. He would have been real happy there. I mean, obviously happy to shoot Borg out of the sky, but he his place wasn't there. His place wasn't there. His place was to die on his ship, to be the last captain of the Titan. The thing is, it's Star Trek as well. So even if your character dies, you can still come back somehow. Yeah, I'm Spock dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, no. I'm Data dead. dead I'm Picard dead. dead. Like, like I'm as dead as I'm as dead as the plot requires. I was gonna say within seconds of the episode airing, I think people were saying we have already we've got like five different ideas right now where he could come back next week. In the last episode, we could bring him back. Like, you know, and you uh, did bring me back in the last episode. Exactly. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, rem- I remember sitting there watching it, go- thinking that man knows how to write a contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we're gonna kill you in episode nine. I'm gonna be in the last one, but you, but you, you die. No, 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 no. Oh, you'll see me. Yeah. You'll see me. Anyone who's been near the internet in the last year knows that there's just been so many calls for it. We need a sequel. We need a legacy. And I, I, I'm pretty sure you've been asked time and time again. Would you come back? Would you come back? How would you like to? Frequently. Um, <laughs> uh, as a series regular. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on on how uh, how Shaw would return. Uh, I leave that up to better minds than mine in terms of of Trek. Trek is is that those writers know how to write Trek. Um, so I would trust that they would find a way that doesn't feel cheap, that doesn't feel shoehorny, that doesn't feel. Um, Shoehorny, that's a fetish. Um, shoehorned. Um, um, I, th- I I trust that they would come up with a way. What I would like is to, like, if I came back, I would like to make sure that we retain the things that we, that work for him, the, the, the things that, about the character. He's not an easy man and i wouldn't want him to be easy i wouldn't want him to just be comedic a foil uh i would and i would also want to find out more like what new things about this guy uh could we discover what else is out there because like that arc was so complete we learned about his a a big chunk of his past and we learned about uh, we we saw his uh, his arc, which I hesitate to say a redemption arc because I don't think he required redemption. Uh, he required growth. He needed to grow as a human being, but I don't think he was redeemed. A lot of people go, "It's his redemption arc." I'm like, he was right. <laughs> he was always going to defend people. He was always going to. Uh, save the greater good he was always going to try to keep his crew alive uh and 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 stick up for starfleet and just like when he found out that jack was officially the son of an admiral yes i will i will put ours in harm's way to save a member of starfleet uh so 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 the redemption and this is a i mean people are going to disagree with me but that's the beautiful thing about art only one of us is right um the uh um the uh his growth as a as a as a as a man, I, I think that was beautiful and complete, uh, with all of his shortcomings and flaws, uh, which is what makes people interesting. Uh, I don't want a character to ever be just one thing, um, but I would like to if 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 we came back uh, with legacy, um, 
I'd like to see new colors, new layers, new, new wrinkles, new flaws. How else is he wrong? (laughs) I mean, that growth in the character, I think, was reflected in the audience response to the character. I mean, in in week one, everyone took to Twitter like, oh, I can't stand this character. And as I said, by the end of it, everyone was like, I can't believe they killed him. But not everyone. There were some people that were like, no, he was right. And there were some people who even at the end went, I still don't like him. Uh, So (laughs) that's that. And again, that's, you know, 31 flares of ice cream. There's, there's. People, people bring to, they bring to art uh, their own experience and they look at it through that lens and uh, whoever you are, you, it's, you can't divorce yourself from your own truths. So stuff works for some people. It doesn't work for other people based on that. Um, And, and to that end, you know, you can't please everybody and uh you you just try to make a thing that that is truthful and that is entertaining you know that's for sure i remember long long time ago uh, i was in class and saying you can't please everyone don't try don't try when you try it's going to kill the story make your thing make Um, your thing um plus i mean i've got an easy way to bring him back and bring him back alive alive as well he's got a romulan ancestor so there's surely going to be Catra stuff going on. Let's be fine. And, and we know now from Lower Decks as well that you can, the Ferengi are hawking Genesis torpedoes. So that's fine. Just, you know, you're going to be grab. Oh my God, I've just given a massive spoiler for Legacy, haven't I? Oh no. Uh, look, I, I, they, I've said it before. They have my sword. So whatever whatever way they choose to uh, choose to uh, bring this dip uh, back, great. First, we would need a show to do that on, which we do not have. So, yeah, here we we're are. trying. We're trying. You know, and, and I'm so humbled by everyone's uh, energy and efforts and passion behind getting this, uh, getting legacy to be a reality. It uh, so thank you, uh, all of you people out there. It is, uh, it is really. It, it, it touches every, each and every one of the cast and writers that uh, that y'all want to see more of this era of Trek with these people. It really, it's really moving. So thank you. And um, you know, stranger things have happened. Well, that's I mean, we, we we keep using the example of strange new worlds came from fan demand. So we have not only do we have precedent, we have precedent in Star Trek. So I think, but I also think there was something about a letter writing campaign for the original series as well. Yep. Uh, a, a woman uh, spearheaded a letter writing campaign to, to keep that show going. So it's, it, it, there's a story in history of the fans, um, you know, looking at the menu and saying, I'd like to order this, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look they, at Prodigy. Prodigy is an yeah. example recently. Yeah. 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 I, I think I, I don't think it's out of the question. Obviously, it's just I haven't heard anything. Like, there's no. It's not like they're that we're all on holding contracts, uh, and they have to. You know, they have to make the best Starfleet Academy and the best Section Thirty One products that were already in the pipeline that had contracts um, before. Before I think they can expand into other areas. So, so 
I, I want all Trek to succeed. I want uh, I want there to be uh, I want there to be as much Trek as there can be is and, and keep the quality up. Like, I think that's the goal, right, is to give make sure that Section 31 is great and succeeds. Make sure that Starfleet Academy is great and succeeds. And uh, Tawny is writing on Starfleet Academy uh, and uh, it, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, I'm excited for all of it. Uh, and I would be excited if we got a show, too. That would be amazing for sure you're, you're you're so right when when star trek succeeds we all succeed you know yeah. and it it takes a village let's let's all come together and support the whole shows yeah yeah and 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 look they're 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 not all things for all people right so this this star trek might work for you and this one might not and this one works for you and this one might not and there's room for all of it for your trek it's you know it's it's you know i always say people go what's the best trek series and i always say the one you like the most is the best one that's the best one so if if picard doesn't work for you Great. Maybe Lower Decks does, or maybe uh, maybe uh, Discovery does. If Discovery doesn't work for you, great. Maybe uh, maybe Strange New World does, and you it, it doesn't have to all be for everybody. Uh, there are there are different voices that are that are raised in each show. Each show has a different writing staff with different points of view, and it's all going to. Um, be done to the best of their ability, uh, and so you know it's all there for us and so yeah let's make it let's make a legacy i'd love that yeah i love it plus i think a really good star trek show is a uh, 12 monkeys good star trek show that one i like that one a lot that one, that one, that one, that one is i don't cool. disagree with you i'll talk about monkeys all day long it's like a wee. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's literally it um, look at this like, cool d20 that a person gave me that's a d this is oh that is that's cool. a d20 so uh it's 3d printed and you spin it and then where the where the uh where the spinner stops is the number so that would be a 10. i got a 10. isn't that great that is, that is unreal it combines uh, the joy of a fidget spinner with uh with D. &D. <laughs> and See, and the fact that i have it the fact that i have it at the ready is also troubling like I got these because is not surprised by the fact you yeah. have a D20 like right I got these because they looked like Borg cubes see oh, they, I like that they, they, uh, head cannon they are Borg cubes <laughs> I should have gotten them in green I'm, my bad oh, see I, I know absolutely zero about D&D &D, but I okay. find it so interesting when people are, have like such just intimate knowledge of it i i mean you talk about it so much and i'm like i really wish i knew how to play this game because people if they are only so sold invested. a kit that you could read and learn how to play it if they only <laughs> sold something called the essentials kit or starter kit i'll be knocking at your huh. door i'll be like todd help <laughs> you don't need help you just get the starter kit it's on amazon you get it you read it you learn how to dungeon master because the rules are there you get you know, you add friends and you're playing D and D. I mean, people do that. People people ask me all the time. They're like, "How do I get started?" I'm like, "There literally are books. That's how. <laughs> like, there are books. There's the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide. There are books." 
Oh, I and would love are. to just spend a day looking through all the shelves in your nerd lair. There's, there's, there's so many there's things m- to find. There's much to behold. There's much to behold. But yeah, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, if you're interested, people, grab this. Don't wait to be invited to a game. Start <laughs> your own game. Uh, that, that way you're not sort of feeling left out. I guarantee you, if you become the dungeon master, you're going to get at least four friends that are going, I'd like to try this too. And then you develop your own crew and uh, and team. And it's there's no better way to spend time with friends. It's the best. Your storytelling. And maybe it isn't D&D. Maybe it's Star Trek Adventures. Maybe it's Pathfinder. Maybe it's some other role-playing game. Uh, but it's such a great way to celebrate story and fellowship and uh, and all of it. But... but uh, yeah, you know, I, I will, you will often see me reply to people online that say, how do I get started with Dungeons and Dragons? I will just send them the Amazon link to the essentials kit <laughs> and go here. It comes with dice and characters and an adventure and how to run the game. That's how like I, I uh, that's how we started as kids is we bought the starter kit and we read the rules and we learned how to play. And it's great. And I think. I think we're bringing D&D to the cruise. I think we're going to, I think Anthony Rapp and I are cooking up a little uh, live play. And I think one of my goals for 2024 is to start to bring Dungeons and Dragons live play to the conventions that I attend with fellow actor nerds in front of a live audience. That is very interesting because 2021 Destination Trek London, uh, Noah, Mary and Emily did uh, a quick one shot and I I had played one or two. I didn't, re- and it was just so engaging. Uh, just watching, technically, you're just watching people play games on stage, which sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And yet, it was so engaging, and we were so in it. And uh, I think well, it's because it's because it's improvised. So, like, just the fact that like the dungeon master is the only one who knows what's in front of the players, and the players are discovering it as they go and deciding what they want to do. And you have witty, charming people uh, improvising. It's it's very engaging and hopefully telling a, a a great story along the way. So yeah. So if you're going to be at the cruise, I think Anthony Rapp and myself and some other people possibly will. Uh, are going to play D&D. Have you managed to uh, convert any of your Trek co-stars onto D&D? Well, I did a I did a, a charity um, event called The Legends of Eleonora, The Light of the Child, and uh, Jack Quaid played, and Tawny uh, Newsom played, and uh, Mika Burton played. So uh, I got that, and I'm and I'm putting together more of those for this year, um, and. Uh, and hopefully recruiting other uh, other Trek uh, folks to play for that. I have actually, I think I may have convinced Frakes to belly up to the table. Uh, and I know Gates is also interested in, in rolling some dice as well. That's going to be an event. <laughs> okay, that- that is great. And don't worry, we would love to host that for you. No problem at all. Like we 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 we'll live stream it. It's no problem at all. Well, what I would do for that is I would do that as a charity stream. So I do that through Mini Terrain Domain. Uh, they have the infrastructure built to host D&D. Uh, we do it through Tiltify, which is which is the thing. And I do it for the Pavlov Foundation, which uh, fights childhood cancer. So uh, I like to use my nerdy powers for good. And I think... Um, 
if 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 I'm gonna spend that nerdy currency uh, to get Frakes to the table or Gates or others to the table, uh, we want it to not just be for shits and giggles. We want to be able to you know move the needle and help some folks out. Yeah. Even like you know, kind of serious for a second. If if and when that's coming up, do let us know. We will push that as much as Please. we possibly can. Yeah, we ended up raising. We Matthew Lillard was at that game. You can actually watch that game, uh, Mini Terrain Domain on YouTube. You can watch Legends of Eleanora. Uh, we did for five hours. We played D and D, and we raised thirty four thousand dollars to fight childhood cancer. My goal for the next one is to raise fifty because if we raise fifty, that pays for a grant, that pays for a year of research. Do you know what I really love about that? This is what I want to point out to all those people who bully the nerds at school. This is the nerdiness being put to good use, right? Don't bully the nerds. Uh, it's 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 you know it's it's interesting because the, the 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 sort of the bullying of the nerds. It also you know at this point that's not a thing. I mean D and D is now it's cool to play D and D. When I was a kid, we literally were in the basement um uh it was not cool to play it i mean it was cool amongst us we saw how cool it was but but uh it was uh i mean i started the D club in my junior high school and uh there there was guys and gals all signed up for that but uh we were the nerds we were the nerds um I, i'll dig out a picture and post that of me in my D club at the ripe old age of 12 i think um <laughs> I think, I think, you know, the fans have given so much to us uh, that doing these sort of things, putting this stuff, and I think we're doing a Trek talk uh, next Saturday, John uh, or Billingsley uh, puts together this thing that fundraises. And I think putting, mobilizing fandom to make uh, the world a better place is is a really good thing, and all the five hundred first and all of those, all of the the Starfleet ships that do charity work, it's it's amazing, and it, it really leans into Roddenberry's ethos. Uh, it, it makes me happy. If there's one thing that we can do as nerds is when we set our minds to something, um, there is no stopping us. You are mighty, and you are many. So, uh, and I am one of you. So it's. Uh, I, I, I count myself fortunate to have grown up uh, living in imaginary worlds. It's um, it's uh, growing up a child of the seventies and eighties. We certainly got a golden era of 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 entertainment and art, uh, and trying to then take all of those influences. You know, I've I've compared. He hates it when I do it. Uh, compared Terry to Spielberg in that Spielberg grew up watching those serials and then turned those into Raiders Lost Ark and Lucas turned that into Star Wars. And I think Terry grew up watching the Nicholas Meyer Star Trek films and, 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 and all of those shows, uh, that he turns it into 12 monkeys and he turns it into Picard. And, uh, it's, it's, it's all very, uh, you know, we just sort of stand on each other's shoulders and make new stuff. That's the goal. What you what you don't ever get is a feeling of standing on like you stand on each other, but you're not standing on each other. It's everyone is lifting each other up, and it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a beautiful thing. Even we may have nerd arguments about stuff, and that's uh, but that's the sport of it, right? Uh, people people dig in as in the joke I said earlier. It's like it's art, so only one of us is right, um, and so. Uh, 
it, uh, it, it is it, it inspires people to debate, which is also you know thought provocative. It's thought provoking, and it's it's great stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, we are a big family. It's 100% true. I mean, even amongst us, we have debates about what about Star Trek and things like that. But as you said earlier, I think that's the secret to Star Trek's success. There is something for everyone. And I think that's why it's still it's, going strong after all these uh, years. What I love, what I love uh, I, was it maybe Robert Meyer Burnett, who does a lot of Trek posting and whatnot. He said, uh, Star Trek doesn't tell you what to think. It asks you to think. Um, and I find that. I find that beautiful. Like Star Trek at its best uh, doesn't tell you what to think. I like that. So, yeah. So every now and again, I just turn off Star Trek because my, my brain is tired. But that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> it, there's it a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things. And and, and and sometimes they're 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 conundrums and they're not easy. And they're they're moral dilemmas. And I mean, Shaw's not easy. Like he's a complex dude. Uh, and so he's not one thing. Uh, like none of us, he is capable of highs and he's capable of lows. But uh, I think, I think his heart is in the right place. Uh, I know it was because that you know I played it. His heart was in the right place, even if he was flawed. Uh, and I think that speaks to, and I think that's also why so many people related to him because they're like, yeah, he's he's contradictory and isn't. Aren't we all? I like when he was described as the first Gen X captain. I'm like. I like that. He's he's so not impressed. I just love that, that for a show that's literally about aliens and space, it really is a show that's an exploration of humanity. Hundred percent, and that's that's I mean that's that's good storytelling any time, right? That's the great thing about science fiction is it doesn't necessarily have to be a one to one to our our you know. There's so many allegories and there's so many that that one person goes, oh that that thing about that guy is this subject or is this issue and somebody goes actually no it isn't it's this and you go well that's what you saw in it and that's what you saw in it and awesome and and as opposed to uh i mean it does tackle socio-political issues but it'll do it from uh from a science fiction standpoint so that you may see different metaphors in stuff than other people. And, and that's, to me, that's good art is that we find our way into stuff based on our own experiences. Absolutely. I love that this conversation has really covered a wide spectrum. <laughs> we started talking about the weather and now we're on to very deep philosophical <laughs> subjects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There's that Star Trek for you. Exactly. Yeah. You will find everything in one thing. Um, Truth. And I mean, like we were saying, like we could sit here and literally chat all day about everything, and and let's do that. No, um, but we're, we're really, really like we're really grateful for your time. There's loads more I want to ask you, um, Nerd Circus, and really the devil inside. Um, sorry, so I was doing my research for this, and I was like, you know, you're writing comics, man, and you've got all your merch store and everything. This is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the, the Nerd Circus uh, was a project that I started during uh, lockdown, uh, Idle Hands and all that. Uh, and then uh, the cocktail book, Mystic Libations. Um, I wanted to be able to, again, I'm a kid of the late 70s, early 80s. That's when I, my nerd, like, look, my nerddom really began when I was six and I got my first Kirk and Spock action figures in 74. Um that's when I knew I loved living in imagined worlds. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, and then and 77 is probably a lightning bolt year in that you had Star Wars, you had Bakshi, or you had Lord of the Rings, the uh, animated Lord of the Rings, or not Lord of the Rings. You had Rankin and Bass Hobbit, you had Star Wars, you had Atari, and you had Dungeons and Dragons. Like 77 was, uh, and then Styx and Zeppelin and all of that great prog stuff. Um, so th- th- that that era is very near and dear to my heart. So uh, I like to share my nerdiness through that lens and nerd circus. Uh, if like even the iconography of it is very rock poster from the late seventies, uh, the logo and everything. I wanted to feel like a, like a little, like a little prog rock poster. Um, and, uh, and so I sell a lot of nerdy March. I sell t-shirts. I sell, I sell dice. I sell dice boxes. I sell glasses. Uh, I was selling mystic libations. I'm currently sold out of that, but you can get it at traderbrandon.com. I have another project, uh, a fantasy project coming up later this year, uh, which is my Prague core fantasy project. Uh, I call Prague core is that era of fantasy, that sinister synth, uh, Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, Excalibur, Dragon Slayer, Legend. Uh, that era of fantasy is like, it's like Tolkien, but on weed. Like it all kind of comes from this and like bands like Yes and Rush and Zeppelin and, and these, I mean, Zeppelin wrote songs about hobbits. So like, like the, that era of fantasy means a lot to me. And I wanted to find a way to express that through, uh, through a project. So I'm working on a prog core project that I will be probably back or kidding or kickstarting uh, later this year with some tremendous artists and musicians and a bunch of different stuff uh, for the gamer in you uh, as well. Um, but I, we want to make it broad enough with a lot of cool things that it doesn't, you don't have to just play D and D to appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be something really special and something really cool. And we've, we're in the process of assembling that now. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, this is actually this is actually a T-shirt designed by Julia Maddalena, who does a lot of art for me. Uh, this is Skull Riders of the Last City, the Dark Age of Fear, uh, which is which is my little fantasy realm that I that I write in. Um, and the the game that I did with Mika and Tawny and Jack was set in uh, the Dark Age of Fear. Uh, it was sort of the first prog core game. Um, and I'm digging into that deeper as I go. And so we made this T-shirt. And this is on the Nerd Circus. You can get this right now. That's um, cool, right? It yeah, sort of I feels really like, like a rock poster or an album cover. Um, it's got a really great late 70s vibe to it. There's kind of an arcane sinisterness to the fantasy of that. Like it, a lot of shadow and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, mystery attached to it and wonder and and I really have a lot of affection for that. If you haven't watched Wizards or Bakshi's Lord of the Rings or the Rankin and Bass Hobbit uh, or Dragon Slayer or Legend, like Pursue. There's a great album by uh, by a guy named Bo Hansen uh, who did late 60s, I think. He did a Lord of the Rings experimental jazz electronic album. And Rodney Matthews, who did a lot of Yes album covers, did the cover for it and it's so weird and it's so wonderful and it makes me happy the way like the way like jack white will use sounds of zeppelin and inform that into new music 
you know, like you listen to like the White Stripes and you're like, well, there's there's some Zeppelin in there, but it's new. It's like taking these these influences that 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 meant a lot to you, but then creating something new with it. That's uh, kind of what I was saying about Terry and Spielberg. You know, that's what I, you want to keep those feelings alive and you want to communicate to people where your heart lives and maybe they will see their heart in your heart and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's just as you were talking, I just Googled the, the cover of that Bo Hansen album. Like that's, yeah, I love the artwork, it's gorgeous. Is, is it, which, which, there's two covers. There's one that, there's a hand with the ring. That's the but, one that's come up here, yeah. No, look up, look up Rodney Matthews, Bo Hansen. Rodney uh, Matthews. Bo Hansen cover, it's so good. Okay, I'm trying to, is this, is it Weathertop? Um, uh, no, it's like looking down at Isengard. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Right? This is gorgeous. Sorry, I'm yeah. a sucker for this. <laughs> I, but I love I love that vibe. I love that that it's a little it's a little psychedelic. It's a little trippy. It's a, very dangerous. Uh there's got this like like I said, there's this sinister arcane feeling underneath all of it. Uh and it makes my heart pop. And so I want to take all of that and make new stuff with it this is like i'm so on board with this um so keep so. your eyes peeled there's going to be there's like i said it's our our prog core project it's going to be coming out you'll 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 know i'll let y'all know cool that, that, that is grant um and yep yeah, likewise if we can do anything to help boost the signal happy to do it please well go to the nerd circus now and check out some of my stuff and uh Play D and D with your friends, Ellie. Oh, okay. I'm I'm being uh, told. <laughs> yeah. We 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 will check back in a while, and we'll see. I can't point to if I have played D and D, but I haven't played it very much, so I'm not I'm not going to point fingers too much. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I do have some really nice dice, though. I will say that yeah. I do like collecting. Dice. I have, You're off to a good start. <laughs> I have. There's a. This is a whole. This is all. Some of my dice here. Oh, that looks familiar. It's the bell. Oh, there it is. It's filled with dice. <laughs> it's filled with dice. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I'm just feeling that it was filled with dice during filming. Like um, I think, uh, oh, and I have the, uh, the, the witnesses back there. Okay, that's sweet. That would really creep me out, though, I think, if I was Holding there, the word of the witness. And then, there's, and then there's my West 7 flag and my Deacon jacket and my chair back. I love it all. I love it all. We were just saying beforehand because um, I was very kindly sent this from Terry. The uh, oh, the, the Titan, the, the, yeah, the penis man. You're yeah. wearing the penis man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> Such a wide variety of topics. That changes <laughs> the way I'm going to look at that. Sorry. Yeah, oh, maybe but I, should it, just put it, it I mean, but that's the show. Like she even calls it that. Like Jennifer <laughs> calls it the penis man. I didn't make that up. That's from the that's from the show. That is from the show. Did you watch it, Sean? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I've watched at least eight of the monkeys, at least eight of them, uh, <laughs> if not nine. All right, thanks, Todd. Mate, All have friends. a great day. Thank you again. Cheers. Thank you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.